Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Well, you can never know if something is a turning point until long after it's been a turning point. But that 3-1 win at Goodison Park this week felt like it had turning point potential at the very least. A decent performance in the first half, undone by a series of silly mistakes, only to be rectified in the second half with three goals and regained composure to a point. This is Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. I'll explain what I mean by that shortly. But first, let me introduce the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello. Hello. Morning. Hello. Morning. How are things? Uh, fine. Good, good, good. good. Um, it's nice to do a podcast where the general vibe is, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean because, um, I mean, I'll be honest with you, uh, travelling back from uh, my partner's parents uh, on Wednesday this week, I was dreading the game. Um, and then it turned out all right, didn't it? So, Yeah, even at half-time I was like, mm, how's this going to go? Like, I wasn't by any means thinking, well, they've definitely stacked it, but I was like, I didn't have massive confidence that they would turn it around. Yeah, um, it had very, very much stacking potential, didn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, my wife came downstairs. Um, she'd like fallen asleep after we put my son to bed. And I was like, yes, yeah, City losing and Stones is injured. So all going well. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, obviously Stones remains injured and he wore a boot leaving the stadium and Guardiola did a kind of gesture as if to say like a twist with his ankle. And he said the doctor told him it doesn't look good. So look, that that is going to have implications for the rest of the season in terms of the, the rest of the games he'll miss, however many they are, because we know that City, with the way they play at the moment, they need to have that extra man in midfield and it needs to be a defender. Um, and Akanji did all right, to be fair, when he went in second half um, into midfield. But we know he's not as good as Stones at doing it, so he'll need to improve. Um, or, you know, Walker's going to have to, you know, develop some like, attacking instincts at this late stage of his career. Um, and, you know, there's good, some good and bad things about Walker going up the wing, because, you know, it involves whoever's on the right wing going inside. But, you know, he doesn't always offer a lot. So, yeah, the Stones injury is obviously, a, like, it's not all a, oh, yeah, this is fine. But um, the performance itself, um, the kind of character you need, because like, like, I tweeted after the game, you know, to be playing well, so, like, people, again, didn't think they were playing well in the first half. Well, I thought they played really well, obviously, until Everton scored. And then it was the same pattern, stupid mistakes, 
And then after that, like nothing really happened for the rest of the first half, did it? They didn't go completely mad and lose their heads and concede another goal, but they didn't really do anything else, like attacking wise. So, so when and I when at I half said time, you must be, they must have been thinking like it's just happening again. Like how do we stop this? Like how, yeah. we, we are playing well, we are doing the right things, and then we're doing that. You know what we talked about after the Palace game? Like, it's about processing it. Like what must? How must they be processing it? Yeah. And then Guardiola said, "Come on, like we're not world champions for no reasons. Keep keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it." They made some tactical changes, which we'll go into. And they did keep doing it. And then it was a good win. A yeah. really good win. Um, well, because I, I said at the start about uh, it was rectified in the second half and uh, regained composure to a point. Um, and the reason I say it like that is because I thought the second half was a very, very good battling display. Um, but again, like as much as the first half fell apart after um, Everton scored, I thought like City were, were completely on top and then the goal comes against the run of play. Um, and then, as you say, they they just kind of they didn't they just existed in that that first half for the rest yeah. of it, and it just it it wasn't really like they were hanging on, but you couldn't really see. You, I, I could see a second half where they didn't create anything and played like they did at the end of the first half, and everyone comes away from it going, "Well, what's up with City again?" That sort of yeah. that sort of performance. And then the second half happens, and um, they look very good for for large spells of it. But at two one up, they still look very edgy, a bit nervy, and on the brink of one of those mistakes that you know where they give the ball away. And the opposition equalising yeah. it the spot again. Um, Rodri give the ball away. Foden give the ball away when they'd when they, if they were playing confidently, they'd have just kept it and they just moved it around and you know just just either won the foul or they'd have found another city shirt. Alvarez couldn't make it stick up top, and then um, in the end, Bernardo's finish eased all the nerves and everything went back to normal. They played out the final few minutes at three one as if they would have done at two one last season and the season before. You, do you know what I mean? It was as if they needed yeah. that, that third goal to go, actually, oh, yeah, we can do this. Yes. Um, although I suppose, you know, when if City had just one nil up or one goal up in the last moments of the game, even at their best, it's not it's not always... Um, it's not always nervy like they have been in the last few games. But it has, you know, it hasn't been like they're just stroking it around easily because I think the dynamics of a football match just change things. The other team just becomes more aggressive and it's it's automatic that it is well almost automatic that you know you, you score a goal and then it changes the other team are in your box like the United Villa game the other night Villa had like two chances in the second half and it was like directly after United had scored it's just funny how like that will just always happen but yeah Guardiola mentioned he said the game was a bit chaos a bit chaotic after Everton scored and he said he said still we don't um I think he said we're not mature, mature enough to understand exactly what we need to do. And he said after City went two one up, it was the it was the same. Um, so yeah, there is definitely that element of it. Um, but again, that it's just that the way that football matches change. You know, City were well on top, go two one up, and then the, the the dynamics change. But yeah, again, when Guardiola talks about that maturity, it goes back to control. I'm sure because it is like you say, it is about just making the right decisions and it. There were so many times I mentioned on on Twitter last night, uh, they'd, they'd get the ball to Alvarez and he'd just lose it, and you just, you just can't relieve pressure when your striker isn't holding the ball up, and yeah, then it comes yeah. back again. Like the, the, when the biggest lost... the, the biggest one for me though that was uh, this happened at two one, um, and uh, City had they'd had a spell of Everton trying to press the back, but City were keeping the ball inside their own half. 
and they played it into Rodri's feet, and he just like he he, he went to play a pass uh, to the um, to the right flank, saw that basically it wasn't on, and did that thing where he turns back inside, gets his body in front of it, and you're thinking, right, okay, it's safe, and then he takes a loose touch towards the halfway line and ends up just scooping it towards one of the Everton midfielders, and then they break away again from that, and I'm, and it just kind of felt like if if Rodri's doing that, then. Like there's there's so many players that you that you would say in that situation. Oh well, they're they're trying something, but he knows more than anybody else what he needs to do in that situation, and it's happening to him as well. Well, that's been the case a lot. And when we looked at the Palace game, we were obviously going through it with a fine tooth comb. And my intention, well, not intention, but my expectation was that I'd find a load of moments to be like, well, they messed this up, they messed this up, they messed this up. But there wasn't many. But of the of the few, there were the little flicks like Alvarez, Foden trying to find each other on the edge of the box, and there was a lot of that again last night at two one. But it was Rodri, wasn't it? Like just trying things, and you think, well, why are you doing that? And Bernardo's been a bit guilty of it this season as well. Um, so yeah, there was that element of, you know, when it went to two one, it didn't feel like okay, that's it now, and it wasn't just a spell of like four or five minutes of Everton getting back into it. It was basically the rest of the half, and then when Bernardo scored, it was like, okay, great, but I. Like Foden was obviously really good, scored a really important goal. Like, so in terms of those tactical changes at half time, Dice said City went more direct out to the winger. Um, Guardiola was asked about it on Amazon. I think he gave a better answer on Amazon than in the press conference. And he said they didn't have like an overload in the middle. He said it wasn't Rodri and Stones and then Rodri and Akanji against Gomez. It wasn't a 2v1. It wasn't even a 2v2, he said it was 2v3. So he said then the spaces were out wide. And he said, start of the second half, Everton had more of a back line of four and City had five. So the spare man was wide. So it was go to go wide all the time. Um, and we saw that a lot, didn't we? Bernardo getting the ball out wide. Okay, yeah. It was Nunes still on at that point, underlapping. He put the cross in, which led to the corner that Foden scored from. And I remember tweeting, like, City have attacked much better at the start of this half, it feels like a goal could come because, you know, the last 20 minutes or so of the first half, where are they scoring from here? It would have just yeah, been yeah, yeah. Yeah. somebody just get it and do something or like a counter-attack because where are they scoring from here? It felt different at the start of the second half. It felt like, yeah, I could easily imagine a goal coming, but it did just need somebody in the end. Of, this is well, This is just what happened. I don't know if it needed it, but this is just what happened. It did just need somebody to do something and that's what, Guardiola said he spoke like quite in de- in detail about oh yeah like when we have got the spare man here we need to do this we need to do this and this is what happens when when the game's like that etc etc and he goes but in the end that didn't matter he goes like Phil Foden put the, the the ball in the goal and that's why we scored and that was it really like City were playing better they did look much better but Foden scored that goal and I mean players need that and Foden needs that you know just to score that kind of I said it's like a heavy goal you know it means something that you know it's a it helped change the game, and Everton were on the were on the back foot from that. But again, with Foden, like the the most eye catching stuff he did after that, like the most I'm not saying he did nothing good between the goal and and the end, but the most eye catching stuff, the stuff was like fuck me, this guy when he hit the post, yeah, when he yeah. had that shot against Pickford from like thirty odd yards, it was three one by that point. It was okay. Everyone relax. Yeah, More relax a bit. Game. This game's obviously yeah. dead. So it's like more of that when the game was in in jeopardy. That, that's that's what that's what Foden really needs. But there was still a lot of good stuff. But it's even like you know when people say like City forget 
to attack or they stop playing or they take their foot off the gas when they're 2-1 up. Like, like the Palace game? Well, yeah, yeah. But when you know when we look back at that, there wasn't much of a period of that. To be fair, I, I, I thought they were still... They were still trying to make those incisive passes to the forwards on the edge of the box at the right time, but they would be lost by Foden or Everett trying to like flick it and then they'd lose possession and that will be it. They were trying to attack, but the attacks were breaking down. Um, but yesterday, there was that bit, wasn't there, where City played out brilliantly in the corner, like playing so many passes in their own box, which that, afterwards, that, I tell you what, my head fell off on that because the referee played an advantage in there and I'm like, where's the advantage? Yes. What are you What are you advantaging here? Was that the foul on Greeley? <laughs> yeah. And then City went all the way back and then ended up Edison kicking out a play when he aimed for Walker. And it's difficult because they must have played about 50 passes there. They had the ball for ages. You know when Guardiola talks about like, putting the ball in the fridge, just keep the ball. And exactly at that moment, that's what they needed to do. Because, you know, Everton had been coming back into the game. That's what they needed to do. But then you think, well, when Grealish run it up to the left and got that, that foul, which wasn't given, they did, obviously, they, they recycled the play, but they did keep going backwards. And you think, is there an element here where they are keeping the ball, but there is no pushing whatsoever to yeah, get into there's the no intention. To, try and, to try and establish themselves there. Not even just to try to attack, but just to get up the pitch a bit. And maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it, it was difficult to, to that- work out what, what the best thing was. And then there were moments as well towards, but like before the 3-1, when the game was getting stretched. And this is where the, the decision-making becomes so important. And, you know, when you've got players on the pitch, like, let's say Gundogan, Bernardo, Rodri at their best, obviously nobody makes the right decision every time. But they'll they'll know what to do. But there were situations last night where the game was stretched. City did need to keep the ball. But it was like, it wasn't exactly like three on three or, or four on four, but it was like, well, there's space now. They could like go Foden's for, yeah, got yeah. It. Alvarez is ahead of him. Grealish is breaking. Bernardo's on the right. It's like... It is the right decision to go get up the pitch, but then it's it's almost like you only go so far. Yeah, it's and then that, it's and then that it's turning like, the decision where... down in order to stop it being a, a basketball game versus yeah. actually knowing this is an opportunity to take that decision and go for it. Yeah, but the, yeah, the chance is actually on. But also, then it's almost like well, you do take that chance up to a point, and then it's like you get to the final third, and then you stop. But then when it's so spread out. The opportunity is still there to attack the box. So, in terms of that decision making, I, I wrote about Foden last night and about how I used the example of Haaland on the first game of the season. You know, obviously, Guardiola had to go in for half time because Haaland wanted the ball and moaned at Bernardo. But Pep was like, I know Bernardo's right because we've lost the ball a couple of times in this yeah. position. Game just half time, yeah. don't do it. So, they're on different wavelengths. But the reason the team is so good is because they've got that kind of, it's not a perfect balance, but it's obviously a balance that works very well. They won the treble because they've got Haaland who can make those runs, but they've also got players who, okay, maybe they don't find him all the time, but by being safe and making the more sensible decisions, so you don't end up in problems. Yeah. But the um, problem this season is all of those players on the pitch, or most of the attackers, are trying to make, it's like a conflict of those decisions in their own head. It's not like you've got a Bernardo and a Haaland. It's like you've got a Foden whose natural desires are to be the Haaland, but he knows he's got to be more like Bernardo. And Alvarez will be the same. And Doku is is similar. And that's why you've got these moments where 
they're giving the ball away because they're trying to flick it around the corner or like just Alvarez isn't controlling the ball at times. And it's bouncing off him, um, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I, I, I get it as well. Like, and I, and again, I, I've no idea if this is true. I have said it to somebody and they didn't disagree. I think they would have said I was I was wrong. If, But, you know, after the, the Palace game when Foden dribbled it into the middle. Yeah. And, you know, obviously gave it away. And I was like, I'm, I think he's trying to do the right thing there. But he's just messed it up. I I I, th- I do think it's that kind of conflict playing out. Um. But again, this this team is we've been not. I wouldn't say waiting. I think at the start of the season we were kind of enjoying the, the the relative lack of control and playing all the attacking players, and you know it was a different way, and they were still winning. So it was okay, okay, bring it on. Um. But, you know, we're like, oh, well, when Stones comes back, and like, maybe Stones isn't coming back. You know, maybe he's coming back for a month and then something else is happening. Like, Grealish is back now, so that's fine. Um, but, like, De Bruyne coming back, like we said after the Villa game, he wouldn't fix that. And Guardiola said that before the game. He was like, De Bruyne and, and Haaland don't make you play better, but they can help you win. And in terms of play better, he means have more control, have more passes. Like, I don't, like that, like, Gundogan's obviously not coming back. Maris isn't coming back. That control isn't really coming back. Like Foden isn't really developing that at a rate enough where it's certainly going to happen this season. So it's just going to have to be control it as much as possible and try to win the matches. But controlling it as much as possible is going to lead to these scenarios where, well, it's like the 2-1 last night. It's it's not really under control. They're trying to do things, they're losing it. Um, but like Guardiola said, De Bruyne and Haaland can help you in those win the matches anyway yeah. and that was the kind of the takeaway from Villa like he can add the creativity but he's not going to fix like the fundamental issue but mate you know it's a it's, it's kind of a brutal phrase but it's, it's papering over cracks but you know what I mean like, there are cracks yeah, in that yeah, team yeah. in the sense that they're not as in control of matches as they have been and they haven't got the personnel to be but at least if you've got you know somebody who's going to make amazing crosses to somebody who knows where to run and put the ball in the net then it is going to help yeah um, just want to ask you something that you said uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, you described Foden's goal um, at Everton as a heavy goal. Uh, what's a heavy goal to you? Because I always imagine, um, like I, 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 David Platt always used to say that Edin Dzeko scored heavy goals, and so okay. I always, I always saw it as the the sort of like not cleanly hit, really scruffy goal in the right place at the right time, sort of um, there to just get it over the line rather than a hit from outside the box. And I just wondered if, if, if a hit from outside the box can be a heavy goal. Um, or we've, we've obviously got different definitions. I don't even know where my, like, the phrase heavy goal has come from, but I, I just mean important. You know, it, yeah, it's yeah. not the type of goal. It's just, they needed that. And I mean, he scored a more obvious heavy goal at Everton, you know, in the game when Rodri chested it. Yeah. And they obviously didn't get a penalty because he would clearly hit his chest. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he's like, City were like, not struggling in that game, but they weren't creating much and they needed to win that game. And then the ball that was a heavy goal. and he scored. Yeah. And that was obviously like, that's, you know, that's an important goal. But yeah, this, that gave them the win. But this was like, they're, they're, they're on the up, they're, they're playing much better, but they just, they still need somebody just to do that. They need somebody to just do something a bit special. And it, and it was that, you know, it, it's, yeah. an, it's an important goal in the game at, at an important time. Coming up after a short ad break, we're going to be talking more about the win at Goodison Park. We're going to focus on Phil Foden. See you then. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about... 
work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Let's talk more about Foden because uh, Mike says, you guys discussed the other week how often Foden has taken a game by the scruff of the neck. He definitely did that in the second half tonight. Um, he won player of the match. Uh, I was critical uh, a bit earlier on about um, giving the ball away, that sort of thing. I was critical after Palace. You were a lot less so because of what you said earlier about um, thinking he was or trying to do the right thing. Um, but I mean, also, it was a fuck up, but yeah, his, heart, yeah. his heart was in the right place. Yeah, um, but ultimately, uh, you look at, uh, at the performance that he then put in against Everton, and uh, yeah, he gave the ball away a few times, but he scored the crucial goal. Um, yeah, look, I mean, look, giving like, the ball it, away at times is all right, but it's, it's just all, yeah. doing it in the right moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's um, the issue, like, if you're going to give it away, and you're, it's like when Guardiola said about, sorry, I know I've inter- interrupted, Guardiola said about... Um, like Doku, don't like not just Doku, but he was talking about Doku, but he was talking about wingers generally. So I don't like dribbling from forty meters, but when you're like eighteen, twenty meters, then you can do it. And it's like you can get, obviously the idea is you don't give the ball away, but if you're gonna, at least if you're going to give the ball away, do it in the final third when everyone's set up to counter press. Don't do it when you're halfway through the the process and all of a sudden everyone's got to start running back and you're conceding the counter attack, like like the Palace thing, really. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I was just going to ask. Um, Sorry, what, what did you think he did? Uh, how do you think he did overall? Because uh, there was obviously that still that little element of uh, trying to control the game, but at the same time, you know, late on you saw some of the work he did. You mentioned it in the post; he was really unlucky with that. Um, you, you also saw like the, the fact that he was central, creating chances, uh, and then after the game, uh, when he spoke to Amazon, he said uh, he, he basically summed up what Guardiola thought, and he like he, it was almost like you had a mini Guardiola there in in front of the cameras because he was again talking, like saying he thought he played well in the first half, but it seemed to be the same old story as previous games, and then the manager was just like, no, no, keep keep at it, you're playing well, sort of thing. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, he just get it, and again, I put that in the article last night. I mean. By all means, I don't think all of my articles are good. You know, if I'm not tweeting them out, then I'll probably think they were shit. But like, I thought the one I did on Foden last night was good because I, could, I can't just talk about Foden and do like, oh yeah, 800 words, isn't he good? I've got to do the whole thing. 
Yeah. I've got to do the whole, this is why and how it's working out and blah, blah, blah. I thought it was a good kind of synopsis of that. And I made the point in it that he, he does get it. He, he does understand how City play at their best. You know, we, we talked about it. It was after the Newcastle game last season when he said they needed to take more touches. I was like, oh God, they've, they've got him. And I mentioned after one of the Club World Cup podcasts last week that he said about the, the Red Diamonds game, he said we you know, that was how we used to play, you know, with with longer possessions and this kind of stuff. So he, he does he does understand that's how City play at their best, and he knows obviously what Guardiola wants. Um, it's just when it is when it comes to that decision making process, it is more like it's just that clash still of. Is that, is, that, is that the nature versus nurture? Yeah, nature versus yeah, nurture exactly. debate well, in, this in is almost, personified. I mean, I still managed to write loads about Foden, but I, I'm, I didn't quite make this point but it's like when Guardiola said De Bruyne and Haaland they don't help you play better but they you know they can win matches they're allowed to be players that don't make you play better but Guardiola's trying to make Foden one Guardiola's trying to make Foden do extra things and it's like a part of that is because De Bruyne isn't as, for want of another brutal word, care, he's not as careless with the ball as Foden at times. You know, he's not, De Bruyne will lose the ball in the right areas. Apart from, you know, when he's coming back from injury and he's rusty and he's not doing it, you know. If he's going to lose the ball, you don't really notice it because it's nearly getting to Haaland and it just goes out for a goal kick or something. It's not yeah. a shocking loss of possession. So obviously it makes sense to try to improve Foden in that sense because there's more of a, of a margin for error. And obviously he's young. So he can do that. And obviously Guardiola did improve De Bruyne when he came in. But there's just such a focus on on what Foden can't do yet. Because Southgate talks about it. Guardiola talks about it. I think Foden talks about it at times. We talk about it. But there's not always a focus on what he's so good at. But the other part of that is because he doesn't get the chance to do it. And again, I made this point in the article. Look, I think it's a good article, but I'm basically saying it all now here anyway. If, like, Haaland and... So, he's only now in the middle. Because, again, after the game on Amazon, he was like, you know how much I love playing in the middle. And, you know, thanks to the manager, he's doing it recently. But it's only because now Haaland's out as well. Alvarez, which we've talked about, you know, Alvarez is playing centrally because he's, he can't play on the wing and Foden yeah, can. Yeah. But so, obviously, Alvarez has now gone up front. So, it does open that position for Foden. There's a vacancy and in we, the centre, yeah. And we do see the quality he's got there. But we, we haven't always seen that because... Like I say, he's more versatile, so he gets pushed out on the wing. But it's like, if Haaland and De Bruyne were injured at the end of last season, you'd go, okay, Alvarez up front, Foden in the middle, great, perfect, no problem. But now, like it's like you're fitting those two players into a, a structure that works and is designed to allow them to be as carefree as they want to be. Yeah, yeah. The problem is now, they're not fitting into that careful structure They've got to be the careful structure because Gundogan's gone, Mahrez is gone, Stones hasn't been available, Grealish hasn't been available at times. And so you've got players like Doku and Alvarez and Foden. It is, it's like that message is, is even more important. It's like, you guys are so good at doing what you do, but I cannot let you just do that because we don't have the structure to offset it. So you've got to be more careful. Otherwise, we're not going to control this game. And that's why we've seen City play well, but not have the same control as last season. Because you've got those players in charge of 
regulating it. And obviously you've got other things like Bernardo's there and Rodri's there. But like we say, there have been moments when they've not made the right decisions either. You know, Rodri's not always at the top of his game, you know, since the red card, basically. Um, he's obviously been very good, but sometimes when he when he drops, it, it it's notable. Um, and yeah, that, 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 and that's the, that is the thing with Foden. Even this season, when you think, okay, well, De Bruyne and Haaland are out, then perfect opportunity for him. Like, it hasn't been because he's been on the wing for most of it. And then even when it's like, okay, Walker's gone up the left, you can come in the middle. It's like, you all still need to curb your enthusiasm a bit. And then no wonder they look a bit confused. You know, we talked about last season, you know, our City, they're not, they're not finding the right balls to Haaland because it's Gundogan and it's Bernardo. And it's because it's the opposite for them. They're safer and they're being told to take more risks yeah, and they yeah. can't quite <laughs> compute it. And the chance goes and they haven't found, that's what I mean earlier, it's not perfect, but it's safer and it works better and it's hard and still going to get chances anyway. But it's the other way around now. Those guys are all trying to make those passes and they're trying to think, actually, I shouldn't. And you get that thing where it's still not perfect because if Gundogan and Bernardo had perfect decision-making, they would make those passes because sometimes they are on and you should do it. But they're so safe, they don't. Yeah, yeah. Like, but you still, you're not going to lose the ball. But the other way around, when you're trying to make those passes and they are on, but you don't get it right or they're on, but you shouldn't do it, you haven't still got the ball. You've lost the ball. And that's the sort of difference. And that's why with Foden, we've got all this focus on what he can't do because we need him to do more of that. We, it, it's more important for the team that he is more careful. If he was able to replace De Bruyne at the end of last season, like in the Champions League final, but over two months, it wouldn't have been so important. It still would have been like, you need to track your runners, you need to be a bit more careful. But there wouldn't be such a focus on it because it's like the, the structure is there. It's yeah, set yeah. up. You go and play. And we saw a bit of that yesterday, but we haven't really seen that. And it's a, it's a shame in a way, but he is more rounded. We talked about it. I think we talked about it on the Christmas details show. Because I remember Izzy and Naden being there. Like, he is better, you know. He's very good on the wing. He's his best false nine. That false nine season, he was excellent. Like, but he wasn't as eye-catching, so people didn't really notice. And it, you know, people might be like, "Oh, it's blunting his creativity." Like you say, nature versus nurture. But like that process is making him a better player. But it's not making, or we're not seeing, the player we all know and want him to be, which is the kind of stuff he was doing in the second half, especially Can, against Everton. Can you see that though? While he needs to be the structure of the team. Can you see that player? Yeah, but it just kind of involves understanding the role a bit better, which I think we saw last night. Because okay. I maintain that he did his most eye-catching stuff. And look, he'd already got man of the match before he made those two shots. Because, you know, man of the match in the terms of it being picked by the broadcaster. So he'd obviously played well before that. But his most eye-catching, wow, this guy stuff, was in the period of the game when, you know, it, it was dead you got to give more importance to the stuff when you need more control. And he was, to be fair, in those, not in, not in all the moments, but he was dropping back in, playing the sensible passes, linking up the play, that kind of stuff. You know, that is the kind of stuff you need, but also it is the kind of stuff we're seeing. It is just that process of you need to make these better decisions. And obviously, wherever he's playing on the pitch, he is getting practice at making those decisions, but we just haven't really seen it in the middle. So, yeah, you, you can... You can get that, and I think we will get that. Um, Because, again, you know, De Bruyne has been back, but he wasn't in the squad because he was fatigued. And you think, well, if he's fatigued after training, 
they're not going to put him into a game soon, are they? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, obviously on the, he's obviously on the right path. But again, Guardiola said afterwards, they need to be careful with him. And obviously they do. But like, like I say, if he's, if he's fatigued because he's training hard after a few months out, then... You won't see him in the team. We know, they don't even, yeah. we know they don't even train, really. So how intense is the Premier League game going to be? And then if it's fatigue, and then that leads... You know, if that's fatigue, I'm obviously not a doctor. But if that's fatigue that can lead to another injury, you don't want to go anywhere near that. So he's not going to be back too soon. And Haaland isn't going to be back too soon, is he? Because he hasn't even started training yet. So you've still got a window here where Alvarez is going to be up front and Foden is going to be, you would think, in the middle. Behind. Yeah. Um, so it's exciting in that sense. But also it's just, it's an interesting kind of case study. But okay then, like, what have you got? But again, it is still the kind of, you guys but, are the structure of the team. So, But there like, is if another... If Stones was back, you'd be like, it'd be better. If Stones was back, it'd be better because you've got more solidity in there. And like with the Kanji going into the middle, it's like, okay, fine. But Stones and Rodri in there, Bernardo on the right wing, Grealish on the left. And whether it's Nunes, whether it's Kovacic as the other one, you see Someone, what I mean? That structure yeah, will be yeah. coming back then. But just without Stones, it weakens it a little bit, which is a shame. But yeah, there we go. But a thought on that is uh, also, like, you talk, or we talk about, you know, the, the issues of Foden being the structure in, in uh, that role. The the time he's been asked to do it, they've had this run of fixtures where they've played against teams that have been perfectly set up to exploit City's problems. And you, you know, you look at uh, the games that they've had over the last few weeks, and you look at um, kind of where they could have been in the la- after the Club World Cup and where they are. They kind of got away with one in that sense because you look at, at like the Liverpool game, the the Spurs game, the Chelsea game, um, the Villa game. These are all games where. City just they needed the structure more than anything else, and they haven't had the players there to be able to to build it. If you're if you're going to put Foden into that central role and and say right, well, you need to learn what to do, and you need to kind of you need to kind of understand the role a lot better. The run of fixtures they've got coming up seems perfect for that, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, it's still a Premier yeah, League. St- th- th- there still yeah. teams that, that will punish forgiving. you. I mean, like, like you look at Palace, you'd say Palace. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, to, you, to do that against, yeah, we could do still. the base level. Oh, it's still the Premier League. Yeah, but yeah. obviously, yeah. But no, yeah, it, but it's not Spurs. Right. It's I was, not Chelsea. I was just trying yeah, to yeah. think. Because the thing is, against, cause against like Chelsea, Liverpool, etc. And again, he, like we said, he was excellent against Chelsea, wasn't he? Um, but it's like, even though he was on the wing. Um, but they're also teams that, yeah, they're, they're set up to kind of counteract City's weaknesses at the moment. But they are also teams that would probably give you more space for Foden to fly and do what he does. Mm. All the stuff that people like to see Foden doing is more likely against those teams. Um, you know, so when they play Sheffield United at the weekend or Newcastle away, maybe, because there's not many games on the horizon otherwise, and like Huddersfield at home is a case of, like, like they, to be fair, they won't do this. Because they won't, you know, take Sheffield United lightly. But they should just send Rodri on holiday now and say, "Be back, ready for the Newcastle game." Which you know, it's, it's only the thirteenth of January, but it feels like forever away. That it feels like a good break. But yeah, they're, they're, they are more forgiving opponents, but not necessarily the the types of matches. You know what I mean? But it, it'll be more of a test for Foden in that sense of, you know, there, there are smaller spaces here to work in. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, look, go and do it. Foden to work in smaller spaces at home against Sheffield United. I'm here for it because it's probably as easy. It is probably as easy as it's going to get. 
And it's not it's never easy, easy to play against teams who are going to sit back. But look, Sheffield United are struggling big time. That is it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is more for members, though, if you go to lmtpod.com and sign up for those longer ad-free episodes. Sam, what is in today's longer ad-free episode? Yes, so we look at how many times City have actually conceded a goal from the first shot on target. Um, their celebrations of late and how they remind us a bit of after the Burnley game a few years ago, which might sound niche. We have a look at Mateus Nunes, his performance, and obviously the overall picture now, game in hand, five points off the top. Other results go in City's way while they were being crowned Club World Champions. What's going to happen next? That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, so just search for lmtpod on there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. (laughs) 